Howdy, y'all. This is TJ Murphy, and welcome to another episode of Adventurous Entrepreneurs. My guest today is Kathleen Gowden, owner and founder of the Virtual Assistant and Company, an executive virtual assistant company providing white glove solutions to C-level executives, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, authors, and speakers around the world. After 25 years of the corporate grind, Kathleen was heading toward complete burnout. She wanted to start a family and to be present with her kids while still having a career she loved. So after some soul searching, vision boarding, and assessing where her skills could make an impact, she began down the path of starting a virtual assistant company long before working from home was the norm it is today. Just a few of the golden takeaways Kathleen shares in this episode are how to truly find what brings you joy, turning that joy into a passion-filled career of serving others, and how to effectively delegate non-income producing tasks and utilize a virtual assistant to their full potential. So without further ado, please enjoy this wide-ranging conversation with Kathleen Gowden. Welcome to the Adventurous Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, TJ Murphy. Since quitting my corporate nine to five and starting a business while backpacking through Asia back in early 2017, I've had the privilege of learning from some incredibly adventurous entrepreneurs. Through these conversations and my own journey, I've learned that much like in life, entrepreneurship is an adventure. On this podcast, I explore the journeys of top performing leaders in their fields. These wide ranging conversations include tactical business advice, how I built this insights, lessons in leadership, life hacks, travel stories, favorite hobbies, and insights into living a purposeful and joy-filled life. Adventures await us, so let's dive in. Hey, Kathleen. Welcome to Adventurous Entrepreneurs. Hi, TJ. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, of course. I'm, I'm so glad you're here. I've been looking forward to this conversation all week, so thanks again for joining me. And I have a really great feeling this is going to be a valuable episode for a wide range of folks who may be interested in using a virtual assistant company, which we'll get into here in a moment, or people out there who may just be feeling stuck and discontent with their corporate nine to five, because as I understand it, and correct me if I'm wrong, that was your story for a long time. That that was what inspired me to start my business originally back in 1999. Um, I started very young. I think my first corporate job was working as a contractor for the Department of Defense. So I spent wow. about six years there, and I learned a lot of the skills that I even still use today that I carried through various corporate executive positions. And uh, it was it was a great gig. I learned a lot. I matured a lot. I learned a lot of uh, software tools. I learned confidence, poise, professionalism. So I'm very grateful for that opportunity. That's how I kind of got started in corporate America. And that was in San Diego working for Computer Sciences Corporation. Wow. And so tell me, tell me a little bit more about the story of of how you went from, you know, being a high level, um, you know, employee, but hating your job, and then what ultimately led you to starting your company and, and what that was like, what what struggles you had to go through to get there? Okay, of course, I'm happy to share. So uh, once I spent about six years at Computer Sciences Corporation, I decided to explore the private sector. So I start putting myself out there. And back then, 
when we were looking for jobs, it was mainly looking at through newspapers and networking and working with temporary agencies and placement agencies. And so I reached out to a few that I had networked with and had met over the the course of years and started to get involved in supporting um, CEOs, CFOs, and eventually supporting board of directors of corporations. Um, Usually my position would be in companies that had several thousand employees globally. So I had the pleasure and luxury and excitement, you know, at a young age of working globally and supporting these folks and and getting to see the ins and outs and how to navigate those waters. So I explored the private sector in corporate America for many years, Um, a lot younger, a lot of driving in California, Southern California traffic, Um, Many of the positions I took would require me sometimes an hour, hour and a half to get to the job and then back. So I spent a lot of time in my car, uh, which was great. I listened to a lot of music. I learned, you know, uh, listened to a lot of, you know, things on CDs, podcasts, helping to educate me. But driving in Southern Southern California traffic can become very wearing. Not fun. (laughs) No, not at all. One Um, of my least favorite things. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, you know, when you're spending eight, 10 hours at a position and then having to hit traffic, you know, going home, it's even more exhausting. So at the end of the nineties, I had dabbled in the dot-com business and supporting startup companies. So I gained even more knowledge of what that was like to start a business, start a company wearing multiple hats. I'm sure you can identify with that as well. It's exhausting, it's fun, exhausting. <laughs> exciting, but exhausting. And so in the late nineties, I decided that I wanted to start a family and I wanted to be present for my child or children if I decided to have more, and I did. Um, I wanted to be there mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally. That's what I wanted to do. In the first couple of years of, of my child's life, my children's life, I was there. I was present. So as my children got older, the the position became virtually, um, meaning I supported people and clients. I learned I learned that I could support people, not just in San Diego, not going to their houses and managing very, very large estates. So I, my, my clientele was still the high net worth, high profile clients that lived in Rancho Santa Fe and La Jolla, California, but I got to support them at their home. And a lot of them were still in venturing in that high tech uh, somewhere in philanthropy. So that was a lot of fun for me. But as time went on and in the 2000s, I started to explore virtual work, a lot of work, and it it just grew from there. Yeah. And you were early on in this whole work from home. I was. Yeah. World that we live in now that's that's so common for I, what we're I, doing today. Exactly. And I joke with people and I say, you know, when when I'm talking to a potential client or I'm coaching a virtual assign uh, virtual assistant, somebody that wants to become or grow their business, 
I share with them, you know, I've been working virtually way before COVID and way before it's the hip thing to do. I've yeah. been doing it. So I have a designated space. I, I'm in my office, just like I would be working at an office. You know, I'm typically in office eight to five uh, and I, I'm ready to work. I dress, I get ready. I, uh, one bit of advice from working from home is I'll be, always be ready to be on camera because you never yeah. know when that Zoom or that Slack video or Google Meets or something's going to say, hey, you know, let's hop on a call in five minutes. Oh, totally. I mean, I spend at least half of my day on on Zoom most most days anyway. But one of the things that you you talked about that was kind of your why for for starting this business and and going virtual was your family and, yes. and being present for your kids. And for me, growing up, my mom had a similar why. She was working at the hospital late, long days. And she wasn't around. She wasn't usually able to make it home to like pick us up from school and, and cook dinner and, and all the things that she really enjoyed and, and wanted to do. So there came a point when I was in middle school that she decided, you know, we're in, we're in a place where I can temporarily stop working and, and be around with, with you kids and be more involved in your sports and all the activities that you're doing. And she did that. And I remember being just, I mean, I didn't have a concept of what that meant. Right. It was giving up and and how that created other, you know, uncertainties in our family dynamic. But I was so sure. grateful to to have her there. So what a strong why for you. And I'm sure that was a huge force behind getting you to take the leap into starting your own thing. But what did that actually, you know, look like for you? Were you just like, all right, I'm done and and you started a business? Or what was yeah. the the kind of lead in and the visualization process and how did you decide on ultimately what you ended up doing today? So I, I'll go back in, in history a little bit. When I first started working, so I'm in high school, I'm a teenager, and I was uh, I came from a very small rural town in northern Michigan called Alpena. And I can remember, and this is so funny now, but I share it because I'm very health conscious, as you know now, but a Burger King came to town and it was like, wow, there's a Burger King yeah. and, and everybody was excited. And so I applied, I, I don't know how old I was, 17, 16, 17, 18, something like that. And I remember getting hired and I was put on the, I call it the burger flipping job. So, and I failed terribly. I just, it reminded me now when I reflect back of, if you've ever seen the Lucy scene where she was doing the chocolates on the kind of, uh, I don't know, not treadmill, but the machine that you have to dip them and put them on and she got lost and confused. That's how I felt about flipping burgers. I just couldn't keep up. It stressed me out. So my manager said, uh, let's try something else. So Elliot, my manager, moved me into a cashiering position. So it's more forward-facing with clients. And, and I was okay with that. I was, I was all right. Um, still a little nervous, but I didn't, you know, shortchange my cashing. You know, when I cashed out at night, I was never short with my funds and such. And he decided he must have saw something in me or recognized, or maybe he felt sorry for me. But he said, I'd like to use you as a personal assistant. And I'm like, what, you know, what is that? That was many years ago. Wow. And he said, 
I'd like you to take my car and I'd like you to go do some errands for me. And I, I just remember going, oh my gosh, I don't want to drive your car. What if I wreck it? Or yeah. I, <laughs> I, somebody hits me and he's like, Kathleen, I have car insurance. It's okay. And it was around Christmas time. And he asked me to, and funny enough, I don't even think these exist, but our big store in Alpino is Kmart. So I went to Kmart and bought Christmas decorations, came back and decorated the office. And so he would recognize or he recognized that I liked being of service. I wasn't good at burger flipping or French fry, you know, doing the French fries or any of that. I was okay with cashiering, but I really liked being of service. I liked that. And so that's how it it started, I think, many, many years ago. And so now I'm going to kind of fast forward ahead to working for different corporations and CEOs, where, which, again, I'm very grateful for that knowledge and experience. But I started to get very burned out, very exhausted, not wanting to go to work, almost a depression state. And just I remember going, you know, there's got to be more to life than this. I I mean, I, I don't like this. I don't enjoy it. it. doesn't bring me joy. I'm not happy. And so I would say the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak, or what inspired me, or, or finally, it that's it kind of sign was in one of my corporate jobs, we had to dress in a suit, whether male or female, I'd have to wear a business suit. And I'd have to wear nylons, believe it or not, in San Diego with heels. And I remember snagging my nylons and I took them off in the restroom, was walking back to my office and somebody saw me. They reported me to HR. I got called down to HR because I didn't have nylons on. I didn't have an extra pair to wear and I got written up. Oh my so I went, that's it. I, I just can't do it anymore. So I, I think I just purchased my very first home and no family yet, but what wanted to get there, we were talking about it. And I said, I can't do it anymore. I just, I can't do this. And I sat down by the pool and I started to write. And I had a laptop back then. And I said, why can't I still support these people, but do it from my home? And so one thing led to another TJ and I didn't know anything. I took some classes at a community college. I remember I fell in love with a book by Michael Gerber called The E-Myth because I'm mm, kind of an organizational point. geek. And so I really resonated with systems and standard operating procedures and organization and function. And so I, I took a handful of you know additional classes and I said, I'm just going to run a couple ads in newspapers in La Jolla and Rancho Santa Fe. So I ran the ads again, didn't even know what I was doing. I was, and it came out over the week. And I think they ran on Thursday or Friday. I was inundated with phone calls. I, bet. I, I was slammed. And so I took on a couple of clients, I think a couple in Rancho Santa Fe, couple in La Jolla. And, and I went from working in little cubicles or small offices, driving in horrible traffic, working long hours to these great, big, beautiful estates. Uh, I had one client whose house in La Jolla was 25,000 square feet. Oh and you could see the ocean. And I just, I would look out the window and go, this is heaven. I did I something like right. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 
I, you know, I like where this is going. And over the course of time, I got so busy with phone calls and turning people away, TJ. Again, I didn't have the knowledge that I, I sat and I reflected and I, I kind of did some more writing and, and vision board thinking and where do I want to go and how can I use this to my advantage? And I said, why don't I hire some assistants? Why don't I help them some support me as independent contractors? And I did. Over the course of probably a couple of years, I had six part-time assistants helping me going to the various estates or homes and, and helping those clients while I mentored them and while I supervised and trained them. And, and it turned into a nice little business. I bet. I bet it did. And you were you were so ahead of your time. Like now virtual assistant businesses are abundant all yes, over the world. But indeed. You've carved out a really unique niche for yourself. And I think that's a good place for us to go next like tell us about the virtual assistant and company and what you're focused on today so a little twofold what what i have found over um this experience we've all had globally with the covid and having being forced to work from home i was in heaven that brought a lot of business to me. So as you know, where we live, as is I'm working in my office, I am able to look out my window and see snow-capped mountains and bald eagles and herds of deer that you know I love. Yeah. And so I I started to get extremely busy, you know, more so with COVID. And, and what I found was twofold. One was everybody wanted a virtual assistant, but they really didn't know how to work with them. So it was up to me to train those clients, so to speak, to guide them thoughtfully through that. What does it look like? And really being um, more, not aggressive, but being kind of, again, working in a corporate office, you always have to be two steps ahead of your, your CEO or your CFO or, or a board member. You always want to, well, what if this happens? We have plan A, you know, B or C. And so Speaking with clients, I started to develop um, during especially the past few years is I have found I'm going to use a phrase my wonderful husband Anthony uses, because as, as many clients reached out to me and said, but would it bring you joy if you worked in that industry or you supported that client? And I went. No, I don't. I software and all that, you know, hardware that that's that's not exciting to me. Startup companies are exciting to me. People that are working in the environment are exciting to me. People that are supporting abused women or disadvantaged children. That excites me. So I started to carve out industries and nonprofits that I really wanted to, I wanted to be of service, you know, one, because I believed in the cause, I believed in what they were offering. So, so that's kind of where it has gone over the past few years, is I'm able to really drill down the type of clientele I want. And even though someone may reach out, and I really like them, I've had a couple of them. It's just not what I want to do. It's yeah. just not really exciting. No, it does not. The other thing real quick that I, I, my business is really um, 
gearing and helping uh, another aspect of it is you, if you will, is as you know, we were all forced to work from home and every assistant on the planet, not in the US, but globally became a virtual assistant. Yeah. They're not used to working from home because it, it, you know, if you don't have a regimen and you're not disciplined and the dog is barking and now you have to teach your kids and there's laundry a set of challenges. Yes. So I have a coaching program where I help people um, depends on what their needs are, but it's like, you know, finding clients, honing in on the niche, you know, what brings you joy? What, what excites you? Do you like startup companies and the craziness of all of that? Or are you like working for a small business or a big corporate? So I'm coaching individuals now that are, have, have decided to eat, you know, kind of post COVID that, yeah, I want to become an assistant and stay at home. I enjoy that. I just taught, spoke to a young man this week that I was coaching with, and he said, you know, I don't want to go back to the office. My wife is an RN, and she goes in, in for long times and goes to the hospital and works. I enjoy being home with my little girl. So can you help me, you know, set up processes and look for clients and give me advice? And so we started with his resume. So my business is now a little twofold, which brings me joy because I'm still helping both sides, clients and other assistants. Now, it's amazing. And I love that. And I didn't actually know that, that you're empowering assistants. And then is is it just assistants or are you working with like, you know, freelancers, solopreneurs, and helping them really hone in on their ideal audience and systems and processes for efficiencies? Very good question, both. So I have on my coaching side, I have an assistant that, you know, a lot of us, and and I won't name any names, but we'll see ads and there's a particular virtual assistant company out there that is saying, you don't have to have any experience and you can make 60,000 in your first year. And it's like, "Mm, maybe if you win the lotto, but I don't know how you can be of service to someone if you don't have the skills, the emotional maturity, the confidence, what are you bringing to the table? What are you, you know, what's your niche? And then I have businesses usually small. I'm working with one now that is recognized that I can be of value. They, they've they been in business and it is a, um, a, a commercial solar company. And I love this company because it's, again, helping the environment. And I love this company. They've been around for quite some time and extremely busy. And we're just honing in on processes and we're creating, we mean me, creating processes. You know, when when we're onboarding someone, let's set them up for success. Let's have a plan, not just throw them in a position and there you go. Let's talk about what that looks like. So I'm helping businesses also kind of streamline and work smarter, not harder and not crisis management but to kind of drill in and see, you know, where, where can we improve? Where can we save time, thus save you money? Yeah, so important. And so digging in a little deeper there, the virtual assistant and company, I mean, it sounds like you can solve a wide range of problems for companies. What what are kind of the main areas or just a few examples of things that you do when you step in and it's that good fit that brings you joy and you're able to assist 
Yes. So that's a very good question. Um, when I'm meeting with somebody, I typically have them fill out a, a kind of short little form. And then we meet on Zoom if they are comfortable with that, or we can do a phone call. And, and we I find out, first of all, you know, have you worked with an assistant before? What was that experience? Have you worked with a virtual assistant before? And what was that experience? So I know a little bit of history and how to gauge um, some of the things that they may be interested in service-wise. And when I meet with them, I, I find out, you know, are they micromanagers or do they to the point where they are so, in some cases, many cases, small business owners are uh, or solepreneurs or entrepreneurs, one person or even serial entrepreneurs, they're wearing all the hats and they're approaching burnout really quickly. So I talk about, you know, with a potential client, what task do you think that you can hand off right now? And I call them non-income producing tasks. That's a term I learned uh, when I supported Brian Tracy, the well-known author and speaker years ago was, you know, learn to delegate. If it's not bringing you joy, it's not bringing you money, delegate that. So I, I'm trying to gauge what they can hand off right away. And, and then I share with them my experience. I've been doing this for over 30 years. I love what I do. I love being of service. I'm always honing in on my skills and taking classes because technology technology changes. AI Absolutely. tools change so quickly, right? Yep. So I, I share with them some of the experience and the things I have done for other companies, entrepreneurs is setting up meetings. And a lot of times those meetings could be global or international. And when you are trying to coordinate five people on different time zones, 10 people, 30 people, it gets very challenging, exhausting, and you're going all this back and forth. I love doing that. I have tools and techniques to help streamline that process. So I can take that off a customer's plate or a client's plate. And then calendar management, email management, what events do you have up? I or you know coming up. I'm already thinking of the holidays. Let's start talking about do you have a client list that you want to send holiday cards to? And are they holiday cards that you're going to sign or are we sending something you know electronic? What events are are coming up? I did an event last year I think for a client out of Canada and they decided to do a company retreat in Las Vegas. So I do all the negotiating with vendors. I manage all of the contracts. I do my best to get, you know, good places, uh, exciting places, doing something new and different for the employees. So they're engaged in, in the retreat. So calendar management, email management, working smarter, not harder, setting up SOPs. So the next time they're hiring a new team member we're not reinventing the wheel. We have onboarding processes in place. If someone leaves the company, we have an offboarding process so that we remember to shut down email. We remember to change passwords where appropriate, et cetera. I, I also can help. This is not my expertise full-fledged such as it is with you, but I'll look at their social media. I'll look at their website and say, I'll look at the contracts and, and say, you know, they promised us X, Y, and Z. However, 
I'm not seeing anything. You know, it's been three weeks. What's going on? So I'm constantly participating in meetings with my clients and their vendors or perhaps even their clients. So it's about me streamlining processes. So hopefully that answers a little bit. It it, it does. Okay. It definitely does. That's like, it's a very white glove service where you're creating custom solutions for your clients and also seeing things that they may never have seen. Like this example with the contract, which we spoke about, where they're working with an agency, they think they're getting something. Well, it turns out Kathleen can use her detective skills and find out, oh, you know what? They're not actually following through on this agreement. And Mr. You know, client, you're getting ripped sure. off, <laughs> essentially. Sure. Let's sure. find something that's going to work better for you. Exactly. And, and, and you that's a t- valuable service. You touched on the white glove um, treatment or service, and and that kind of goes back to Sotheby's when I supported the founders of Pacific Sotheby's, and I worked for Sotheby's selling real estate in California. It's the white glove treatment. You can't change someone's first impression. And, and so it doesn't matter if I am working with another assistant or the CEO of a company, I want them to have a good experience dealing with me. If I'm representing my client, I'm the first extension of, uh, you know, the chief marketing officer, the client that I'm supporting now, I want the person on the receiving end to have a good experience with me. Yeah. Absolutely. And so I want to rewind it back just a little bit, if that's okay. Of course. Okay. So part of what I admire about you is that you didn't just stick with what wasn't working for you, working the insane hours, the long commute, building someone else's dream. You went after your dream and made it happen. And a lot like my wife and I's story, actually, we were tired of commuting down in the Bay Area. We were tired of the lackluster corporate nine to five grind we were reliving each day so like you we, we did some soul searching we created a vision board and we decided yeah. that we wanted to go explore the world together and ultimately you know put that vision board up in front of our bed created and designed a plan an actual process for how we were going to be able to do that in the next 12 months through you know working continuing our jobs saving cutting out some of the luxuries we had in our life and then you know ultimately we did that and we went on that great adventure and just like you that led to me starting my company and and landing where I am today so I would love to hear for people that were in our position at one point or another what advice would you give someone in that situation that maybe they don't know what they want exactly but they know something needs to change and if you could roll back the clock what do you wish you had done differently, potentially? I think that even when it was for me first starting out, and you've heard me say um, humbly a a couple of times that I didn't know what I was doing. I just, I came to the point where a little bit compulsive, maybe, uh, where I said, I can't do it anymore. I'm just going to quit corporate America and I'm going to start my own business. And it's there. It was also much younger and the emotional maturity may not have been there, but it's like, gee, Kathleen, how are you going to pay the mortgage? You know? So it, it's, I, when I'm speaking and I'm going to talk to an assistant, but, or like I'm talking to an assistant, but it would be any entrepreneur because I believe this can be carried anywhere is 
do some soul searching, whatever that means to you, whether it is finding a good coach to find out what brings you joy. I mean, I now know that, you know, I, I look at a client or I'll look at something and, and look at the industry and I'll go, ooh, I don't, that that doesn't excite me. I am blessed now where I can say I don't have to work in, in you know, that industry. So yeah. it's like, do some soul searching, find a coach, find somebody that you admire. Um, a, a great quote from one of my very favorite people, Les Brown says, if you're the smartest person in your group, it's time to find a new group. So it's great to be of service to other people that are lateral with you. Maybe perhaps I don't like the word below you, but I'm going to use it for this example, but also find somebody that you would, you know, aspire to be, whether it's someone in real life, like you that has started your own business, your wife, you know, also is working from home very hard and does great things. Find somebody that you admire, find a Les Brown in your life, or, you know, a Tony Robbins or a coach that you resonate with to find out how to get to the next steps. What does a business plan look like? You know, um, think about that. You know, some people will say, well, just quit your job and jump in and then you'll work harder. No, don't do that. <laughs> I don't think that's wise advice. I did that and it was painful and I got nervous and I got very lucky because I did it during a time where it's, you know, 20 some years ago, it, it was a little bit different world. Get educated, read books, listen to podcasts, talk to other entrepreneurs such as yourself that have started a business, learn, learn your strong points and, and find your niche. You know, what is it that, that not only brings you joy, but for me, a, a virtual executive assistant, what's the clientele you want to work for? What's the industry and, and what skills do you need? What's going to set you apart or me apart from somebody else that does your business or from me, you know, and another assistant. So honing in on, on classes, taking classes from a community college or stack social or, you know, whatever courses are out there that uh, appeal to you, you want to know more about, or maybe I'll give a random example. You know, I was speaking to somebody that, oh, I was in a networking uh, group that we meet monthly. It's a UK group. And uh, somebody was saying, I thought the host was saying, Steve, he was saying, I thought I wanted to explore being a photographer because that that's exciting to me. And he said, so I left my job at, um, oh, I forget what is in a internity. I think I can't remember. It's in the UK. But he said, I took a photography class and I went, yeah, that's not what I want to do. And he said, I took a couple other classes. You know, if somebody thinks they want to be a chef or or start their own catering business and they don't really know a lot about it, yeah. take some courses, go, explore go test that. drive first. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Where you Before, can. Exactly. So that explore, investigate, find out what brings you joy and get educated and take courses. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you gotta, you gotta acquire and stack the skills that you're going to need. You absolutely. And this was my biggest mistake before starting my business is finding a coach, finding a mentor, finding someone that has done what you're trying to do that you can learn from because absolutely. success leaves clues. People like helping people. And if you're just going to try to go and wing it yourself, you're going to lose a lot of time and people will, will get ahead of you that way. And that Agreed. was the biggest thing for me. And once I figured it out, 
it unlocked a whole lot of new opportunities and and made things a heck of a lot easier. I didn't have to wear as many hats either, which was an important piece. Yes. And, and you hit on something, you know, people do like to help other people. And that's one thing I, I wanted to share. If anybody, you know, uh, hears this podcast and there's something I have said that, that you is piqued your interest. I will give away a couple of coaching classes. I'll give away a 30 minute coaching class. If it goes a little longer, it's fine to any, uh, entrepreneur or maybe an assistant that wants to know, where do I get started? How do I get an EIN? How do I start a business? Where do I look for work? I'm happy to do that if they send me an email and put in the subject line. I heard you on TJ's podcast. Uh, The same would go for a business. If somebody wanted to have my feedback on, you know, how to work smarter and not harder, I'm happy to have a call with that individual as well. Well, that's super, super gracious, Kathleen. We'll definitely include all of that in the show notes for people. I think that's a tremendous resource, something I would have definitely wish I had taken advantage of back when I was starting my business. So as we go kind of to wrap things up here, I want to touch on something. This is a podcast about entrepreneurship, but one of the biggest hurdles that most entrepreneurs face at one time or another is living a well-rounded life and doing the things that do bring us joy and fill us up and surrounding ourselves with the people that we care about most. So what does that look like for you? Well, I can tell you one thing, and and my husband is wonderful at at sharing his words of wisdom with me, is sometimes I, I get so excited about my clients that I find myself you know, many of them are texters and, you know, I'm getting texted all hours of the day or night or weekend. And it's for me, it's learning about setting boundaries. Oh, yes. And that can be hard for me. You know, I'm so excited about this client. I like him. I want him to succeed, but it's like, I have to have a life. So I every morning have certain rituals that I do. Um, Meditation is very near and dear to my heart and has been for over 30 years. And I find that when I am not meditating um, in the mornings to start my day and enjoy my cup of tea, then I can pretty much predict my day will be crazy. It will be crazy. So whatever that means to you, maybe it's a run, maybe it's yoga, maybe it's simply reading, maybe it's simply nothing but enjoying a cup of tea or coffee in the morning. Um, for me, it's it sets the tone. The other thing that I like to do whenever possible is I'll do some time blocking. So whether that's answering business emails or stepping out to take care of myself or going to a yoga class or a walk with Emmett or a hike, I will time block throughout the day so that I have time to take care of me. And, and I'm a huge advocate of, um, you know, mental, spiritual, emotional health being balanced for me, diet also comes into play. I find, and I, and I'm, even it's very important to me. I still have to remind myself, I get so involved in my work. I'm looking and it's like, gosh, I'm hungry, but I'm going to, I got to finish this task and I'll keep working. And the next thing I know it's three o'clock and I'm exhausted. 
So I, I, I encourage everybody to, you know, even if it's to get up and walk around the block or take a 10 or 15 minute break, we, especially those working from home, you have to take care of yourself because if you're not in prime condition and shape, how are you going to be there for other people? 100%. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's working out in the morning for my wife. Sometimes it's the working out, but really what fills her up is just to have that silent time with a cup of tea and a book in the beginning of the day that's just to herself yes. to, get, to get grounded and then be able to come into the day rested, grounded, recharged, and you know ready to serve and, and, yes. win, the, and win the day. That's yes, what it's all exactly. about. Exactly. So, well, Kathleen, is, is there anything else that you'd like to share? Any wisdom um, or just things people should know about your company even? I would say um, always be prepared. I'm a huge, even in this day and age, I'm a huge advocate of branding and having, for me at least, a logo. Branding is huge for me. And I'm a huge fan of business cards. And yeah. so no matter where I go, even, and I've done this before, even on a walk or hike, there's been times where somebody I'll stop and I'll talk to somebody and say, well, how, how do I get a hold of you? And I whip out and go, here's my business card. Yeah. So they're still always, valuable. Always be prepared. You don't know how many people I ask, even that come to our home and I'll say, do you have a business card? Oh no, I don't have one. So yeah. be prepared, be prepared. Yeah, got to be prepared. And and now more than ever, it's like, I still have card business cards. But, you know, now with technology, you can have more of a virtual thing where you just yep. tap your phone. And now they've got your contact card or have a personal branded website where something they can scan a QR code on your phone. And that takes them to your website. And they get all your information, they can book a time with you, whatever the case may be. There's lots yes. of ways to do it. But you got to have a way to connect people be prepared, be prepared. Well, Kathleen, where can people find you online, socials, website, all that kind of stuff? So the best place to find me, which has all my platforms and contact information and a little bit more about me and what I offer is my website. And that website is the virtual assistant and company dot com. It'll have my social platforms there. You can email me there um, and you'll learn a lot more about the virtual assistant and company. Well, I, I hope anyone listening that's looking for a virtual assistant or a team of virtual assistants to be able to really help them streamline, save time and grow faster, reach out to you because you do amazing work. It's white glove and it's, it's far and beyond what I've seen in the market. So we'll include all that in the show notes. This has been a great conversation, a real treat. Kathleen, I appreciate you sharing so much with us today and for taking the time. I know you've got a busy schedule it's late on the day on a Friday. So thank you for coming on. I appreciate your time. It was fun to chat with you and, uh, you know, kind of share stories and how we got started. So I thank you again for your time and having me on your show. No, more to come. Thanks again. Thanks, TJ. Bye-bye. To all of our adventurous listeners, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Please be sure to subscribe, download, and share this on social media or with someone you know will get some value from it. Leaving a review goes a long way in helping people find the show. And I personally appreciate reading them when they come in. So please go drop one if you have the time. We'll see you all next week. And remember, 
Whether we're talking about business or the things that bring us joy outside of work, life is meant for exploring. So go out there and live it one adventure at a time.